Jesus. Amen. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 5. If you've got a Bible somewhere on your phone or in your hands, we have a couple of extras at the back. We need more Bibles, don't we? We're, right? We're low. Okay, sorry, to-do list. Somebody text me that, please. <laughs> my, to, my to-do list. Anyone need a Bible, just wave. Somebody will put it in your hands. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 5. Uh, returning there, uh, some of you would be um, aware, we've talked about this before, because we love Jesus for a lot of reasons. One of those reasons is that when Jesus finally started really talking, when he started to teach, he started not with, you're bad, get right. He, I mean, he did, Matthew 4, we see, he says, repent, because the kingdom of God is here. In other words, hey, a fresh start is available, make a life change. But that was one line. When he really started to teach, he started with what we see here in Matthew 5 with, hey, look at these people. These people are happy. Right? He started with, these people are happy. These people are blessed. These people are happy in a way where other people have noticed that the blessing of God, the favor of God, something good from God is on their life. That's what he starts with. And what we are walking through, there's a a book that's at the back of the room that we've been given away um, called Life's Healing Choices. And these are decisions that we make, we have an opportunity to make based on what Jesus has said. And what we're lifting from Matthew 5 in these blessed phrases are eight decisions that we can make in response to what Jesus says. And I want to be clear, because I haven't been uh, too focused on this so far, and we're more than halfway through. These are choices that you can make, that are proven to be true, from which other manuals, books, things that don't acknowledge God have been written, that have been proven to to be true to work. There are eight of life's healing choices that are available to you, which is what you see. Now, listen, these words are for humans. Any humans here? Okay, robots, you can go to the back. These are the droids you're looking for. If you're human, you've experienced some of the things you see on the screen behind me, and you will experience some others. Stress, fear, regret, dishonesty, painful memories, resentment, Uh, We're going to talk a little bit today about resentment and regret. And those are things that can be a little bit like I'm holding on to something that I cling to more than life itself. Um, I'm choosing to drink poison, hoping that the other person will die. And there's actually medical research now that proves that these things can shorten your life and cause medical conditions that are not good. Well, listen, if you've got any of these things, including on the bottom you see an unhealthy relationship with food, sex, or substances, congratulations, you're human. And you're in the right place. Because this is a safe place for you to find and follow Jesus. Right? I'm not into words that don't mean something. And the Bible tells us that Jesus leads us for our benefit. For our benefit. So this is not so much a Jesus help talk a self-help talk as it is a Jesus help talk. Let's just quickly review before we go to Matthew 5 the choices we've covered so far. Number 1, the reality choice. And for those of you that like acrostics, it's a spelling the word recovery acrostic. Ben, you can just plug your ears at that part. The reality choice. So the first choice and maybe the hardest for most people whether your problem is small or whether your problem is big, whether your problem is out in the open or whether your problem is in the closet, realize that I'm not God. I must humbly admit that I need help. And I want to point something out. This is true whether you're dealing with chronic masturbation, alcoholism, or a hurt from years ago from your childhood, a pain, something that was done to you, something that was not your fault that needs to receive healing. These choices are true, they are relevant, they are helpful, regardless of which one of those kind of issues you're dealing with. Are you with me? The tracking? What I find... Um, where church has problems is where there's hypocrisy and spiritual pride. And here's what that looks like. 
And this is why some people say, Pastor Ben, you, normally all your, your, your series are completely original. Why are you walking us through a book? Because it works. Because it's focused on Jesus. And because you, yeah, you, need it. All y'all in denial about something. You're in the right place, right? Where church has problems is when people pretend that they don't have problems. And life gets complicated and convoluted and we feel conflicted and we go through stress because there's underlying stuff that we're not dealing with, that we're not diagnosing, that we're not accurately seeing because we don't want to live open. And what I'm talking about is live in relationships where other people have permission to say, yo, um, have you looked at that thing? That foot problem you're having? That Yes, I did my exercises this week, by the way. For those of you that are wanting to ask, three really good days. And the rest, not so much. Uh, the rest, resting. So we've got to come to a place of humbly admitting that we need help. And we take this from the words of Jesus. I've got to make a choice to realize that I'm not God, to humbly admit that I need help. Number two is the hope choice. And this is a decision that you can make and that you can make every day and you can make 100% or only part way. The hope choice, to earnestly believe that God exists, that I matter to him and that he has the power to help me recover. And if you didn't catch any of these, they're streaming or up on our website and on iTunes available on your iPhone. The third choice, the commitment choice, to consciously choose to commit three C's. All my life, and will to Christ's care and control. Two more. That's what it means to to let go and let God. Number four, the house cleaning choice. That is where we openly examine and confess my faults to myself, to God, and to someone I trust. Let me tell you something, that whether you're dealing with long pain or addictions or sin, whatever it is, change doesn't happen until you do Step number four. Number five, the transformation choice. To voluntarily submit to, and let me just tell you something. We don't build big crowds of people that attend events based on this kind of teaching, but this is Jesus teaching. To voluntarily submit to every change God wants to make in my life. Not the change that Pastor Ben wants to make in my life. Hello? Not necessarily the change your spouse wants to make in your life. The change that God wants to make in your life. That's what we're talking about. To voluntarily submit to every change God wants to make in my life and humbly ask Him to remove my character defects or my pain. Now, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 5, verses 7 and 9. Verses 7 and 9. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Verse 9, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. Now, we've unpacked both of these before in the past, but I want to come back to that. And actually not going to spend as much time on the benefits today as we have in the past. Um, Being called a child of God is when somebody else notices that you're different. And not in a bad way, in a good way. Right? Somebody else says, you, you don't respond when stuff happens like your feelings are in control. You respond with joy where other people would respond with anger or pain. Like, you're, you're different. You, you are like the God that is in here. That's what that means. That means you're, you're like a, a little, a mini Jesus. The word Christian was was a bad word, like cracker. Right? You can call me a saltine, a ritz, a wheat thin, take your pick, right? That's what the word, the word Christian was a bad word. That's, that's where it came from. It said those people are mini Jesus. They look like Jesus, they sound like Jesus, they talk like Jesus, but it was a word that other people who were not believers used to make fun of them. What Jesus is saying is that you will be happy, your life will be blessed if you will choose to work for peace, to build a bridge, to be a peace 
maker, then other people will call you a child of God. Not you will walk around calling yourself a child of God. (laughs) There's a difference. So on the screen, two things that we want to unpack today. Happy are those who are merciful to others. Happy are those who work for peace. Now we call this life's healing choice number six, the relationship choice. The relationship choice. E in our recovery acrostic, evaluate all my relationships Offer forgiveness to those who have hurt me and make amends for harm I've done to others except when to do so would harm them or others. Now, we're going to unpack that. uh, But before we do, just real quick, um, at some point in the past week, week and a half, um, I was having a moment. Anyone have a moment? And I, I had actually forgotten, some of you are aware of my moments, I had forgotten about what the topic was for this Sunday. But I had a, um, and some of you know my story, I've been really deeply hurt by people, wide variety of people in my life, right? Uh, and so I've learned um, a skill, a choice, that is absolutely why you would see the happy me. Okay? Because I did not used to be the happy me. I used to be the grouchy me every day, all the time. That used to be me. Like, people literally came to me and said, I don't get you. Your parents are great. What's wrong with you? Like, that literally was a conversation people had with me because I was so grouchy all the time. But I learned to do something that I needed to do this past week that was really helpful. And that was, I stopped myself in the morning and... This was possible, by the way, because I choose to get up earlier than I need to, so there was actually time for this. There he goes, saying bad words in church again. Right? Alright, so I was awake, and I was like, man, I am frustrated. And I set aside my normal plan for prayer, for Bible reading, and I said, God, let's talk. (laughs) And I had to, like the psalmist wrote, Why are you downcast, oh my soul? I had to have a moment. And let me tell you something. If your phone is in your hand, this doesn't work. If the TV is on, if the internet's on, this does not work. It requires moments of silence without interruption. And you say, how's that possible? You have children. I get up before they do. There he goes, cursing in church again. All right, so I'm awake. I'm by myself. Why are you downcast, oh my soul? And I literally, I had forgotten what this Sunday's topic was, and I realized I had some things that I had not forgiven people of. Are you with me? Some of them very small, some of them big. And so what I started to do is I started to just talk to God. Lord, no. I just said, God, I'm frustrated about this. God, this was done to me and it was wrong and it hurt. God, that was done to me, that was wrong and it hurt. Right? I started to unpack my stuff. And what happens when you're quiet long enough and you're with God long enough, you can come to a place of honesty that's beneficial. Do you hear me? Right? And so I started to unpack the stuff. Some of it recent, some of it old. And then I started to ask God for help. Listen, you're looking at a person who is not capable in his own strength to do this. Are you hearing me? I'm trying to be real with you this morning, right? I can't do this in my own strength. I need God's ability. I need God's strength to do this. And so I said, God, I need your love for that person and that person and that person. It wasn't a crazy long list. But I asked I asked God for help, right? So God, I need your help. Help me. Give me your love for them. Help me to forgive them. And so that's what I did. And I took as much time as it needed. And you know what? I didn't read my Bible that morning because it took a while. And that's okay. Anyone experiencing some freedom in here? Okay? All right. That's enough freedom to like, right? So that should be some freedom. So I, you, we got to have a moment. If you can't have a moment with yourself between you and God where you ask God for help, repairing relationships is not going to go well. So 
some of us are sitting here with problems and with pain and we don't even want Pastor Ben to keep talking about this stuff because it's uncomfortable, because I'm not feeling good, because I'm hurting. Because we are trying to ignore it or we are trying to deal with it in our own strength. God didn't ask you to do that. Okay, let's just let a little bit of scripture wash over us this morning. Are you okay with that? So just for definition's sake, real quick, merciful to others, willing to forgive them whether they deserve it or not. Working for peace, putting out real effort to make amends where we have wronged another, work to bring harmony back into the relationship. Why? Why forgive others? Because God has forgiven you. The truth of the matter is you cannot out-forgive God. The, the, the scripture says everyone sinned. Everybody has sin in your heart. Jesus said, you've heard it said that if you commit murder, thou shall not murder. I'm telling you, if you call a person a fool, you have murder in your heart. You've heard it said you should not commit adultery, sleep with somebody else's spouse. But I say that if you look at another person with lust in your heart, you have already committed that sin. Right? Jesus doesn't lower the bar. He raises the bar. He says it's about what's in your heart. That's why everyone in this room needs forgiveness. Because everybody's got sin in their heart. And that's also why the same way you can't outgive God money, because He gave you the power to earn wealth, there's not a penny that you have that didn't come from Him, you also cannot outforgive God. Because what you were forgiven of deserved hell. Nobody's going to do anything to you or against you that's worse than that. You can't out-forgive God. He's already forgiven you. Number two, resentment doesn't work. I talked about it earlier. Resentment is like me drinking poison, trying to punish the other person, expecting them to drop dead. It doesn't work. Number three, you will need forgiveness in the future. Oh, so glad this is a church of honesty. Let's read some scripture here this morning. You must make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive the person who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Ephesians chapter 4, 31-32. Get rid, get rid, it's a violent, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ just as in Christ, God forgave you. That was the first verse my mom ever had me memorize. Because I was not friendly. Job chapter 5 and verse 2. To worry yourself to death with resentment would be a foolish, senseless thing to do. Going on, Job 18.4. You were only hurting yourself with your anger. Mark 11.25. Jesus again. When you are praying... First, forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that Jesus' grammar is very intentional. Goes to the original street Greek that we get in the text. So that your Father in heaven will forgive you your sins also. Jesus, again, Matthew well, 6 verse 12. Forgive us. This is from Jesus' prayer. We call the Lord's Prayer. Whose Father? Our Father. Jesus gives us a power tool, a blessing, a something that we can, a tool that we can use called the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, right? All that. Some of you heard the old English. But what he says, you can't get away from what he says. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Jesus was a genius. Because he understood that if people followed him and they were forgiving people, that that is a multiplication of love on this planet. And wherever we see strife and wherever we see wrong stuff and wherever we see senseless violence is because somebody is not putting that into practice. Oh, that'll preach right there. How do you forgive others? Well, Holly mentioned it earlier, right? Revealing the feeling is the beginning of healing. That was catchy, so I'll say it again. <laughs> revealing the feeling is the beginning of healing. You've got to reveal your heart. 
You've got to come to a place. Listen, there's no closure without disclosure. First, you must admit it by owning up to the truth. You got to say, that hurt. It was wrong and it hurt me. You got to say that to somebody. You got to reveal your heart. Second, you got to release the offender. You got to let go. And this is what, this is what, uh, follow me in this little word picture, if you will. Whether it's something old, whether it's some, someone that you can talk to or not, here's what it's like. On the inside, when I'm holding on to hurt, anyone ever held on to hurt? When I'm holding on to hurt, what I'm doing is I see that person in a jail cell for what they did that was wrong. And I'm holding on to the key. And what holding on to the key means is I'm holding on to the right to see them punished. Like it or not, believe it or not, this is what that means. This is how it works. What forgiveness involves in releasing the offender is when I let go of the key and I say, God, you get to choose how they're punished. I let go of any right that I claim to their discipline, to their punishment. That's what it looks like. I release the offender. I let go of the key of any right to see them punished. Jesus is saying that our forgiveness must be continual. These feelings of resentment may come back. Every time they do, you've got to forgive again until you fully release the offender. How will you know that you've fully released? When you can think about that person and it doesn't hurt anymore. You'll know when you can pray God's blessing on their life. Let me tell you something. Praying for other people is one of the most powerful things you can do for many different reasons, in many different ways it's beneficial to you. If you're married, you should be praying for your spouse every day, preferably more than once a day. I've yet to see a marriage break up where they were actually praying for each other every day. We should be praying for each other in this church. Why not? You're tired of praying for yourself, right? <laughs> Insanity. I'm like doing the same thing over and over. My prayers are just stressing me out. God, with la, la, la. So stop. Pray for somebody else for a while. <laughs> right? Come on. I have put this into practice. I pray for people that really did me wrong. I'm talking about, I have people that did things to me that cut me off from all of the friends in my life. You talk to the people that I grew up with in Portland, Oregon, they will tell you that forgiveness is a part of my life story, that you you cannot tell the story of Ben Malman's life without talking about forgiveness. I have put this into practice. I see your faces. I know this does not sound good. I know this does not sound fun, but I am telling you that This is the key to you having peace, to you having joy, to you getting your sense of humor back. To people wanting to be around you. To you looking like Jesus, smelling like Jesus, somebody calling you a child of God. You've got to let go of your claim to punish them for what they have done. We've got to replace our hurt with God's peace. We gotta open ourselves up to the fact that God can have the last word. Because ultimately He will. Because everybody, every human, one day will stand before Jesus. Some will be set aside to eternal punishment. Those that come into heaven still give account. Jesus talked about still giving account for how we spent our time, our resources after salvation. God will ultimately judge. Those unrepentant, a child molester that you hate, if they are unrepentant, they will be turned over to eternal punishment that will be beyond anything you could ever do to them. Can we not trust God with these things? You think God likes sin? He loves to forgive and He will punish the wrong. He will. Let's let God take care of it. 
Let's, let's enjoy some freedom and let go of a need to punish somebody. You don't get to pray vindictive prayers. In fact, what you should pray, and I prayed even this morning for somebody who wronged me who's not a believer, God, please bring them to repentance, to salvation. Save their soul. Not anything I could pray, God, give them a house, God, give them a car, God, help them win the lottery. Nothing is more valuable than me praying, God, save their soul. That's when you know forgiveness is complete in you. Now, as we heard even from Holly's story this morning, times where this takes years. It's not always immediate, but it does involve you making a decision. Jesus doesn't say, I will make the decision for you. Right? It does involve us making a decision. When we learn to release our offenders and allow God to be in charge of settling the scores, then we will discover the wonderful blessing of His peace. Colossians 3, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. How many of you would like more peace? Come on, more peace. More days where peace is at the the steering wheel of your life. Whoa. I don't know what that's doing. (laughs) Let me go back. Okay, why make amends? Can you click it forward one at a time for me, please? Why make amends? Let's go Matthew chapter 5. Later, A little bit later on from this teaching that we're focused on, Jesus says this, Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 through 24. If you are standing before the altar in the temple, you came to church, a public worship service, offering a sacrifice to God, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there beside the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Listen, I give you permission to put this into practice. If I don't see you on a Sunday morning and you send me a text that says I had to go get something right, I mean, hey, great, you're obeying Jesus. Are you there? Let's go next. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. Watch out that no bitterness takes root among you. For as it springs up, it causes deep trouble, hurting many in their spiritual lives. Have you ever found that it's hard to sing and worship? Maybe there's something unresolved going on. I'm not saying that's always the case, but maybe it is. And I'm pointing here, I don't mean lunch. (laughs) I mean in your emotions, deep down in you, there's something that is unresolved that needs to be resolved and your spirit's not free. I believe the freedom's possible. Let's go next, Daniel. Romans chapter 12, verse 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Ah! With God's help in your life. Let's go next. How do you make amends? I'm going to pause here on this screen and let you write down these suggestions and then we're going to go through a couple of scriptures because we want to, we're talking about working for peace here, right? That requires some uh, effort on our part. We've been focused on interpersonal conflict and uh, some of you know that um, I've spent hours and hours walking with uh, protesters, activists, and also those who were seeking to do violence over the past year and a half in our city. And I've been uh, a human shield between police officers and riot gear and people that are, are really angry. It's something that I have been personally, like I literally have put myself in harm's way. And here's one thing that I have found. When you have peace, and you enter a situation, then you can bring peace in that situation. I saw police officers and people that were very angry make decisions for peace and not physical violence where the potential was there in part because I was physically between them and I was calm. I'm not saying that I'm better than anyone else. This is just a part of the story of my Baltimore life. This is just a part of my real experience. What I found was early on, 
I was fearful, as I grew in processing this and asking God for grace, when I step into a situation with peace, it gives peace a chance. I don't recommend that you go to make amends with somebody right when you're at the peak of your anger. That might not be productive. Are you with me? Now, we still need to go. We still need to go promptly. Jesus' instructions in Matthew 18 are very, very clear. We have a response to promptly go and directly, one-on-one, not post on social media, not call somebody else with a prayer request, but to promptly go one-on-one and have a conversation with the goal of reconciliation. Now, how does that happen? How do we make amends? No, sorry, go back. Thank you. List. You need to create a list. Who have you hurt? And this doesn't happen quick, right? Who have you hurt? And who has hurt you? And I find it helpful, we've heard the suggestion earlier in this series, to when you do that, to include, you can maybe make a separate column for the things that were done to you that were not your fault. Because what I have found with some people is that they find great freedom when they realize, and this was true in my own life, stuff from my own childhood, when I realized, oh yeah, that happened to me. And I didn't do anything that was done to me. There's an amazing, when you start to unpack, and I know we don't want to unpack, I don't, I don't like to forgive, I don't want to touch that area, it's bruised. We don't want, but what happens is, is in our fear and in our discomfort, and we, we, we can actually grow attached to the pain. We can allow the pain to become a part of our identity. This is who I am. I got one friend that likes to joke around. This is my angsty teen look. When Jesus said, I came to give you life and that to the full, he was talking about you having a life of freedom, a life of peace, a life of joy. And most of you heard me say this before. In my own life, I came to a certain amount of healing and thought that was it. That was, it was good. And I'm just going to power through the rest. I'm like a fullback. I'm going to power through. I'm going to lower my helmet. I'm going to run through the rest of life for Jesus. And yet still in crushing depression and anxiety every day because I just thought that that's what God wanted me to live through. And a lot of you have lived up close and personal with me for years now. You know, that's not my life anymore. When I goof up, I don't have a problem apologizing because I don't take myself too seriously because I have freedom in my life because I have done this hard work of making amends. It's where real freedom, real peace, real joy. Yes, it is a miracle of God that can happen in a moment and the healing process can take a lifetime. You've got to make a list. Who have I hurt? Who has hurt me? You've got to think about how you would like someone to make amends to you. Before you go, Jesus said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Think about how would you want someone else to come and make amends to you? You got to at least give that some time. If someone were going to come and apologize to you, how would you want it done? And here's some issues that you need to think about with that. Timing. Hey, listen, if I've offended you this morning, calling me at 3 o'clock tomorrow morning is not the best timing. <laughs> some of you know, like even last night, the birthday party, like I was a little bit goofy because I was so tired. <laughs> Like, as just as a human, now I'm not saying you need to wait till I'm perfect. Reconciliation is the most important thing, but if I'm going to truly do unto others as I would have them do unto me, I need to think about timing, right? Think about your attitude. Am I truly repentant and submitting to Jesus where reconciliation is truly the goal? Have I experienced some heart change there? Where even though I'm hurt, even if I'm still feeling the anger, I'm at least going to make a decision that my attitude is going to be moving in the direction of what Jesus calls me to. My attitude is going to be bent towards, focused on moving towards reconciliation. That changes the attitude of how something is said. Whether you're confessing wrong that you have done, or you did not do the right thing, or whether you are saying, you hurt me, that was wrong. 
Your attitude, your tone of voice, your body language, your everything about the delivery is going to reflect what's going on in your heart and your attitude is so critical. Privately, not broadcasting it on social media is important with humility is so important. And a humility includes a, a belief, at least a decision to believe, regardless of what you're feeling, that reconciliation is possible with God. I don't know how many times I've heard somebody say, it's not possible. Not possible with you, but God created you. Did you do that? No. Who are we to say what is not possible with God? With some humility, that's what humility, humility involves. With expectation for change, for growth, for something positive. With an appropriateness. What I mean by that is, we need to make a decision to exercise some self-control to seek amends where we're not blaming or making excuses. Blame shifting and making excuses, shifting responsibility... I have found is in that top five things that people do that jack up their life for the rest of their life. We gotta go not blame shifting, not making excuses. And we need to be willing to make restitution. Remember it was Jesus who told Matthew, okay, get out the checkbook. Well, that was only for Zacchaeus. He worked for the IRS. <laughs> Did you do something wrong? Did you not repay a loan? Did you not give back their coat? What, what is it that, what action could be done to make restitution? What offer of peace can you make that will make a difference? You've got to be willing to say yourself, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I don't deserve your forgiveness. But is there any way I can make restitution to you? Listen, folks, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where we find out if we're actually Jesus followers or not. And it's, again, it's not up to you. It's not out of your own strength. But are you willing to ask God to give you the strength? That really needs to be said again. It's not up to you. It's not on your own strength. It's not based on your feelings. It's, are you willing to ask God to give you the strength to do it? You gotta think about the how. Then you gotta make a decision. You gotta just go. See third up here. Go and do as you would have done to you. And then you got to refocus your life. Refocus your life with a daily asking God to give you the strength, a daily focus on Jesus, a daily, how is Jesus good? Let me learn something about that today. So there's something positive going on in your mind and in your emotions. If your focus becomes the hurt, you're headed down. That needs to be said again. If your focus becomes the hurt, you're headed down. If your focus is the goodness of God, you're headed up. Let's look at these passages of Scripture. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Jesus, next, Daniel. This one is so important and maybe the one where we need to spend the most time in closing today. Put your heart right. Reach out to God and then face the world again, firm and courageous. Then all your troubles will fade from your memory like floods that are past and remembered no more. We can't make progress in this issue if we're not willing to ask God for help. I remember the disciples go to him and they say, Lord, we believe, help us in our unbelief. I gotta get honest. If you want to see change in your life, if you want to see healing, freedom from addictions, freedom from wrong habits, unhealthy ways of managing life, if we want to see healing and freedom and real change in us from the bitterness and resentment and the pain that we're holding on to that we've allowed to become a part of our identity, if we want to see healing and we want to see change, we've got to come with some humility that says, God, I believe that you are who you said you are and that you can do what I don't think is possible. God, I I believe that anything is possible with you. God, please help me. 
You, yourself, I pray for you. Rebecca prays for you. Ben, I cannot pray as though I were you. I can't go to God on your behalf for you. Only you can. And regardless of how you're feeling as we talk about this, it is you who must make that decision. It is you who must turn to God yourself and ask Him to help you with that. Pray. Talk to Him. Remember the example I gave what I did just this week. Set aside your normal Bible and and prayer plan and memorize prayers. Just talk! Revealing the feeling is the beginning of healing. Put your heart right. Reach out to God and face the world. And I would encourage you to write about it. Write. Write. Write about it. I mean, okay, yeah, you record some voice memos on your phone or some videos. Write. Put it on paper. It will help you unpack what's in your heart that is feeling, even right now in this moment, as you sit listening to my voice, that's feeling confusing and complicated. Don't get distracted by by not being able to understand how it will work. Don't get distracted by a lack of belief that it's possible. Come on, write some stuff down. Get it out of your system. Put these words to the test. These are not my ideas. None of this is original to me. This is from Jesus. And even my next door neighbor who doesn't believe in him uses his name. Write some stuff down and then share about it. Now let's talk about what that means. Thank you. That does not mean I'm going to come to Steve and tell Steve everything that Ben did. Hello? Right? Sharing about it is coming to Steve and saying, I have hurt. I don't think I believe that it's possible for me to have healing. Steve, I've got hurt. I have things that were done to me, things that people said. Jesus' words in Matthew 18 are very specific. We should share. I need help. Will you pray? Will you pray that I will be able to receive healing for what my wife did to me? No. Right? Will you pray that God will help me believe? And then as you have dealt with it appropriately, share. Share with others. And hey, what about let's share the good stuff? Right? Um, Speak the truth in love is actually talking about talking about positive things. Not a Christian airing of grievances. Right? Speak the truth in love. Guess what? We found out something from Dr. Strange. It's not about you. I won't spoil anything else, Ronald. Ronald Brooks hasn't seen the movie yet. It's his favorite character. No spoilers. Ah, la, 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 la. No spoilers. But we learned something in that movie, right? It's not about you. Because ultimately, reconciliation, it may start on the inside of your heart, but reconciling with that other person is a part of you reflecting the forgiveness to Jesus to them, and it has a multiplied effect. It's a seed that has fruit that does not depend on your strength, does not depend on your ability, that multiplies peace and love in this world in a way like we have never needed it before. We need it today. If Jesus' followers cannot be peacemakers, who will be? It's not about you. It's your pain, but it's not about you. There's an amazing benefit from this stuff. Guess who knew about this? Alexander Hamilton. Oh, I won't do the rest. Put your heart... I got grief for 80s references last week, so there's two modern ones for you. Put your heart right, reach out to God, then face the world firm and courageous. How many of you would like to face your world firm and courageous? then all your troubles will fade from your memory like floods that are past and remembered no more. Let's stand and close in prayer. Can you put the the next one up, please? Listen, we need help. And what I've done is close just a couple minutes um, 
early because I want to give you a chance to just do some business with God privately. Okay? So this is not a time to talk to your neighbor. I want to just give you an opportunity to do some business with God um, privately. Could you come maybe play something? Um, I just have um, an actual moment of silence, not the one and a half seconds that people generally do. Uh, Let's have an actual moment of silence. And would you please, just between you and God, ask God for one, one thing from this that he wants you to focus on right now. it, It may help you to close your eyes. I just, I don't don't have an actual moment of silence for you to ask God, God, what's the one thing from this today that you want me to focus on? The one person, the one hurt, the one thing you want me to do. Come on, right now, just close yourself away with the Savior. Happy are those who are merciful to others. Happy are those who work for peace. I want to lead us in a prayer that can be a, a starting point for healing in relationships. And I'd like us to maybe do a, a physical action as a symbol of what's going on in our spirit. If you... Um, If you hear the Lord talking to you about something that needs to be forgiven, I want you to hold it in your hand as a clenched fist. And as I pray, when you're ready to ask God for help to forgive and to let go, when I pray, I want you to let it go, making a commitment that you won't pick it up again. By God's grace that you won't pick it up again, okay? Can you just clench that fist? Let's turn to God and ask Him for help. Lord, everyone in this room has been hurt. Whether it was because someone else didn't do what was right, someone else did what was wrong, they said something about us, they hurt us physically, emotionally, spiritually. Every one of us have been hurt. We come to you as your kids, believing that you created us with design, a design for relationship. We come to you as your kids and we say, God, we're hurt. And and God, we've hurt others. Lord, we need your help. We need your help. We humbly admit our need for help. We believe that you can help us. We commit ourselves to you. We give ourselves to you completely and we commit ourselves to submit to the change that you are asking us for. God, today we find ourselves not able 
to forgive. We don't like to forgive. We find ourselves unable to confess our wrongs. We don't like to admit when we're wrong. We need your help. Today, we ask you, God, help us. Help us believe that real change, real healing, real reconciliation, uh, restitution is possible with you. Help us believe that a healing in relationships is possible with you. We choose today to believe it's possible. So we come to you now with our hurts. We, we, we confess where we've made mistakes. God, we've, we've done things that were wrong. Please forgive us. Please help others to forgive us. And we make a commitment to not do wrong again. And God, we come to you with our hurts where we have been hurt by others. And we say, Lord, today we let go. We let go of a right to punish them. We let go of the hurt. We let go of the bitterness, the resentment, the anger, the grief. We let go. We give it to you. We ask you, God, please take it from us. Take it from us. Give us the grace and the strength to moment by moment, day by day. Let it go. Give it over to you. We let go of a a right to see that person punished. We put them in your hands. And God, with humility and submission to you, we say, Lord, bring them to repentance, to salvation, to healing, to strength. Bless them. Bless them in their lives, God. The ones that hurt us. Let them come to know your peace. God, as we endeavor to make amends, to, 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 to seek peace, we ask for your help. Help us to have the courage. Help us to have the humility to reach out to confess our wrongs. To reveal the, 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 where we've been wronged by others. The feeling. Help us to reveal that. Lord, I pray that this week you would cover these interactions with your grace, with your mercy, that you would help us to submit to you that reconciliation, that restoration would be the goal in our hearts. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, that out of this comes peace, that out of this comes joy, that out of this comes the kind of lifestyle from us where other people say, you look like Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you lead us for our benefit. Thank you that miracles of healing and forgiveness are possible with you. That you can make a way when we can't see it. I thank you for that. Lord, help us to set right any wrongs or any, anything that's been done. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for sitting in on a tough talk. Hey, it's a beautiful day. There's people around you that love you. There's something to eat or drink in this room. Let's have a great day. Grace and peace to you. God bless.